episode numero numero quattro, maybe? Quattro, probably. Yeah. Numero For the um, Mexico City Grand Prix. And what a track. What a place. And a really entertaining, good race. Um, to no one's surprise, Mr. Verstappen takes the race. Uh, <clears throat> and... Uh, we have Hamilton in number two, and then Checo makes it on the podium for the Mexican Grand Prix, and uh, Mexico City Grand Prix, rather. And uh, the fans loved him, obviously, and he drove good today. Uh, it was a Mercedes Red Bull race. The Ferraris were slow for some reason today, but ended up a great race, and... Um, and let's say hello to the other side of the microphone here to Mr. Hudson. Hola, ¿qué pasó, mi amigos? Mm. De nada. ¿Y tú? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay, good. Oh, but, Carlos you know. Espanol is no, 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 uh, no bueno para nada. No bueno para cheat. <laughs> but we're having fun. We're having That's fun. your take from the race. Uh -huh. uh, it's, it's no win for shit. Yeah, <laughs> my take from the race. Yes. No, I mean it was fine. It, uh, I mean, it. Uh, it was one of those races where it's like, I mean, I don't know. It, it was. It was. It was just fine. And like nothing. I, I guess the the most entertaining part of it to me was, uh, and I think that we owe it to him, was uh, watching Danny Rick, honestly. What'd you think of that? Oh, I thought it was awesome, man. I thought he, I, I feel like he's gotten to that point now where, what, there's two races left, and he's just like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just yeah. going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. Chip. Absolutely. No, I, I, I mean, look, I uh, I don't know about him pushing. Uh, who who was it? Did he push Yuki off, or was it? Uh, I should know better. I no, no, don't, it, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it Yuki. was Yuki. Yeah, Yuki Snowy. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Now, yeah, I don't know about that. That was a pretty rough one. I mean, he pretty much just uh, took a gap that wasn't there, and uh, yeah, ran. Ran Yuki off, screwed his car up real big. Sure, but I and mean, then Danny Rick he went had the 10 went seconds to spare. So I mean, he just took it. Yep. So. You know, I, I mean, I think that in a lot of in a lot of ways, it's the same thing we saw last week from Alonzo. The only difference is one of the cars just you know survived this time. And after that, you know, he got those softs on, and boy, he was quick. Yeah, wasn't yeah. he? Oh man, yeah, absolutely. It, it it was uh it was absolutely incredible. Like he hasn't I don't know if he's raced like that since let's see, when did he win uh, he uh, He was like fourteen in a go kart. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, <laughs> no. No. No, I mean since last year. He hasn't he hasn't he hasn't looked that that fast and that good since last year. I would say. No, I don't know. It yeah, no. Right I, to me. I think you're right. I'm going to start this uh, video. Hopefully it's not loud over the thing, but we're just going to watch the start off here. And the reason I'm playing this real quick is because I, I want to get your take as a uh, Mercedes fan 
kind of a tussle here in the beginning from from Hamilton to Russell. You know, uh, what what are your thoughts on that? What'd you think? Uh, well, just like um, I don't know, a lot of these races where nothing really happens. Uh, it was almost kind of like a street circuit um, to where uh, I mean, the first lap was absolutely fantastic look at that push right there did you it. see that one yeah i know it i mean and i don't know it made me nervous you know being a mercedes fan with uh hamilton kind of taking that inside route versus uh versus oh georgie there because boy both of them could have could have ate it right there you know oh but, they really could have i mean it was man and it was damn close to it you know Closer than I would like. I'm not even a huge Mercedes fan this year, but uh, I, I would say to have both teammates in that predicament on the first turn. Woo! That would have been I a mean, effing disaster. That would have been a major disaster. You're right. You're exactly right. And uh, unfortunately, you know, Max got away right there and he wasn't touched. Um, you know, it's. It, it, it's great. Max is an excellent driver, and it's it really is. It's fantastic. We're seeing history here. The history was set today with the fact that he won his 14th um, for the season, which is just crazy. Uh, so I, I think looking back on this in 10 years, I think we got to give Max a lot of respect for how good of a driver he is and what kind of car he's in. And there's been a lot of drama around that just recently this past week with uh, it coming out that the FIA and uh, Red Bull have entered into a uh, whatever contract that says that Red Bull breached um, the, the cap. what's it called? The yeah, cap, thank the, you. The cap, and they were uh, fined $7 million. They breached it. I mean, I don't know, and, and this, is, this is where it gets confusing to me because they breached it by uh, $1.25 million, and then... There was something with the tax write-off or tax credit or something that made it like 3.7%. They breached it by 3.7% of the budget or something. I don't think those numbers are absolutely correct, but it's somewhere around there. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, $7 million fine. And then Ferrari, yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, today or not I, in a, I, they probably said yesterday but I don't know if you saw it Carl or not but uh, you know they they came out and said yeah wait that's that's not enough you know they, they, they were a little bit upset that they thought it should have been more so I don't know you know it's just constant drama in F1 and, and I feel like that's uh, part of uh, what we love about it so much I, I think you're right I think you're right and uh, I mean whether you're taking that stuff into account or not, it doesn't really matter that uh, Red Bull has a fast, fast car this year. And Max Verstappen has drove fantastic this year. And I think what's tough for me and a lot of fans is that he's so dominant this year. It's just a blowout. And, uh, and you know, Hunter and I had had this discussion earlier today Today, in the sense that if we take it from the number two spot down, oh man, this year would have been incredible. It would have been this 
dogfight between Russell, Hamilton, Perez, Sainz, Leclerc, and and they would have been up and down. They'd be neck and neck. You know, it it would have been an incredible year had it had it not be a blowout. But that's also kind of shitty to do that to somebody that's having an incredible year. It just because you're not a super fan of that guy. I mean, uh, you got to respect Lewis for his seven world championships. You got to respect Alonzo for his two. You got to respect Max for his two. I mean, and that's just the way it is. It takes a lot to win and it takes a lot to win consistently. And those guys did it. And so congrats yeah. to them. Well, um, the season starting. Right. You're hundred percent start- right, man. And I'm, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but it, no, you're not. You're not. You're 100 percent right, and I, I feel like there is no denying. And, and I, I will be the first one to say it. I am I'm a Hamilton fan. Love Lewis. It's hammer time. I say it's hammer time from from the start. You know, from the formation lap, it's hammer time. If we, if he could pass a few people, it'd be hammer time on formation lap. But <laughs> but with that being said. I mean, you got to hand it to Max. There's just no question that this year he's just absolutely dominated. And uh, man, you know, he wrapped it up last uh, last week there in Austin. Um, and you got to hand it to him. He is uh, this year at this time, much like uh, the uh, Philadelphia Philadelphia Phillies at this time they're he's great and they're great you know and then we'll we'll see yep. what happens next year and the following and the following i mean that's what's so much fun about f1 is that uh there's already drama for the seats next year you know oh, nobody, yeah. nobody knows if mick will be in or out or uh, you know a couple other people alonzo changing seats we need that software um, that you were telling me about uh, earlier this week to go ahead and make a like a flow chart for uh who's gonna be oh, where exactly. next year. <laughs> that's right we do need that <laughs> not a bad idea but sadly we are approaching the end of the f1 season with just two races left in brazil and then abu dhabi which are both Really fun tracks, and I look forward to uh, to both of them. Um, I it, it was a little strange how much Ferrari was out of it this this weekend. Really I mean, strange, yeah. I don't know uh, what really what's going on there because well, I yeah. mean Mercedes can overtake them in points still the season. Yeah. So and they said I don't I can't remember. I think it was Crofty that was saying that um, that they had. Turn down their power units, maybe. Mm-hmm. I heard uh, that for an, for an, uh, overheating concerns or something to that effect. And, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know necessarily what that means to play us out. I, I don't know what that means. So, uh, you know, I don't know if they did that to preserve something for Brazil or I, I don't know. Uh, it, it was very strange. But it's almost just kind of like they. I don't know. Just uh, kind of just threw in the towel and said, "Well, we, you know, we'll finish fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever, uh, and then uh, we'll move it on to Brazil." Uh, it was very strange. Very strange race for them. 
really is, man. I mean, just looking at the constructor st uh, standings, it's Ferrari at 487 points and Mercedes at 447. So, yeah, that's a difference that they could make up. Yeah, it's in, only 40 points. Yeah, two, I mean, it, it. they can't screw up. I'll say that. Uh, Mercedes can't. But if they could get, you know, two podium seats in Brazil, uh, we're talking, you know? Yeah, and they picked up that extra point today with uh, yeah. George taking fastest lap on, you know, going uh, going in for softs before the, the last lap and then picked up an extra point and then plus Lewis's points today, you know, at P2. I mean, uh, it, listen, it's reachable, 100% reachable. Yeah, it is. And it had to be frustrating today for the Mercedes drivers to be on those hards and they just weren't good for whatever reason. You know, it was number one. I thought it was incredible that, uh, Oh, who was it? Um, no, nah, it wasn't Mick. Uh, man, I can't, I can't think of who it was, but it doesn't matter. So somebody was on softs for 38 laps. Magnuson, that's who it was. It was Magnuson. He he took those that first set of softs to 38 laps. Those are ranked by Pirelli to go 18, 18 to, 22 to 22 laps. Yeah, yeah. He took them 38 laps, and then as I mentioned to you in the middle of the race, you know, uh, it looked from the start after Pirelli put out their strategies. Uh, it looked from the start that it was a two stop for Red Bull. They were starting on mediums. And um, I'm sorry, they were starting on softs. And so 18, 22 in the mediums, they should have, you know, most most cases they're coming off in, within the last 15 laps to go back to softs. And um, and so there's their two stops. Today, they rode those mediums to the end. I mean, I think Max changed first off, like it, uh, off of the softs fairly quick. And... Um, yeah, lap 26 or something yeah, like I, that. You're right. It was lap 26. Um, and, you know, that's, yeah, it, it looked like the maybe, uh, I guess, soft to mediums was, um, that was the key today, you know. And we, I, But I, I still, I, I feel like, and I don't know. I want to get your take on this. Uh, because even, you know, at the end of the race, Lewis said um, it during his interview, which this is the, our next topic. But uh, during his interview today, you know, he said, post -race well, interview. we started, uh, yes, post-race. Um, he said, well, we started off with the wrong tire. Which, I mean, who am I? I, I, I he's, he's right. You know, they started off on mediums, but I, I still feel like, and maybe it was just kind of post-race fog and, and whatnot, but man, I feel like if when both uh, Lewis and Georgie came in and pitted, if they would have gone medium instead of hards, they could have easily made it the rest of the race. For and sure. They would have at least had a fighting chance. Yeah, I, I heard that different 
we would we would have to go back and and look because they'd be close. But I didn't hear that uh, him say that they felt like they chose or they started on the wrong tire. Yeah, I, I thought I heard he, him that's say. That's what he said. He said we we didn't. Well, I'm, we that's what I'm arguing against is that the uh, the way that I heard it, uh, we would have to go back and look. Is that he said we chose the wrong tire, and I thought yes. that to mean yeah. the hard the second tire that they were on because that the mediums were great the mediums were fantastic so for them to start on the mediums and if you look at what they ended at they ended at uh you know or on the mediums they were in second and fourth place so the mediums served them well too well, the wrong it, tire was the hearts we you have it we have it on is that uh, is his post race on youtube i'm sure it is surely it is right no, it doesn't look like it's on this we one. Can, I, can we get a shot I, of it? We can't get a shot of that. Um, but I can find it here. Um, <laughs> but I, I hear you. I, what, here's what my argument is. It's, I mean, look it up or not, is this. It wasn't the mediums that were the wrong tires. No, it was no I agree with you. No, it wasn't the mediums that were the wrong tires. I think they should. when they pitted, they should have gone with mediums back on. Brand new mediums instead of the hards. And I think that this race could have possibly ended differently. I think you're right on that. I, I, I think that, you know, I saw it. That, I'm not saying that Hamilton could have caught Verstappen by any stretch, but I think that, uh, I think that uh, Georgie could have possibly caught Perez. Checo. Uh, this is post-qualifying. The, the post, uh, sorry, I started one there. The post race is unavailable, of course. Boy, they're quick at getting these off of YouTube, aren't they? But uh, yeah, the the point is, I really do think that he meant the the hard tire was the wrong tire, which it was, and it's unfortunate because. Well, I'm glad you clarified that because I I was thinking he was talking about the uh, the very first the, the going with the mediums first instead of soft. So I mean, I, I think what you're saying makes more sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it does, and they both were complaining about them, and, and shoot, you understand why. They just didn't have grip on them, and uh, they were quite a bit slower. I mean, you know, I, I forget what race it was, maybe Singapore, but they, maybe, yeah, the drive practice of Singapore, maybe they, they tried all three, and I was pretty shocked at them being eight seconds, or not, you know, I don't think it was eight full seconds. It was, it was something ridiculous, though, that... Uh, Two or three seconds uh, between each tire, you know. Yeah, that that different compound makes a big difference uh, to be on those softs. So the other kind of uh, number one, Mexico is the second closest track to us, and uh, we mentioned yesterday. This is the this is the place we should try to go. We're in Texas, and. It, I've never been to Mexico City. People rave about it. They say it's a great place and a great place to visit. It's a huge city, obviously. And uh, it is my... I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. It's my favorite racetrack in the sense of what F1 does. I think that the... I bet it's a blast to see because it's like it goes through the middle of a football stadium almost. It's, it seems it's like a really cool ending there um but also it's just a blast on the xbox <laughs> that's what it boils down to i freaking love raising that one on the xbox that's my favorite one to do well and, and I so feel like we owe it to our um 
our listener, our one listener, uh, to go next year. And maybe I think you're right. Maybe we can get a sponsor for that. That would be fantastic. I'm just throwing that out there. You know, maybe if there is a sponsor out there that would like to sponsor that trip, I mean, we'll go and then report on it. You know, that's right. Yeah, we'll, we'll tell you all about it. <laughs> we'll but tell, uh, we'll tell you all about it. Swear to you. So, as much as we love Mexico, there was something that was a little disappointing to see, which is the fact that one of the greatest that's ever driven is still driving. He's out there. He's not having the greatest year ever. But Mr. Lewis Hamilton and man, the fans were not happy with him this weekend for some reason. He took some uh, booze, I suppose. I think yeah. Hutto has some audio over there of what he had to say about it. Yeah, we can listen to it here. Say it. Lewis Hamilton, second place. You were pushing all the way. You were pushing Max. You were pushing Max at the beginning of the race. Did you think at some point that you could win that race? Yeah, well, first, this has been an amazing crowd and uh, definitely a bit awkward this uh, this time round. Um, booze all day, but nonetheless, I have so much love for Mexico and for the people here. And uh, what a great race uh, and event they put on this weekend. I was so close, and I think in that first stint, but I think the Red Bull is just clearly too fast today. And ultimately, maybe they had the better uh, tire strategy. All right, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. Number one, the booze, uh, and number two. You know, like going back to what he said about tire strategy. They had the better tire strategy was what he said. So, you know, I know what we, we said earlier now listening to the quote again. It's like, man, I don't know. Is, is he talking about that that Mercedes should have started off on softs? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But I don't know. I I don't know the booze though. It, it I don't understand it. I don't. I that blows my mind. I don't understand that. And I don't think it's that big of a deal. Just in the sense, if if LeBron or if Tom Brady or whatever, if they're in the a different place where they aren't loved, I mean, they get booed. It doesn't matter how great you are. So that's why I think he brushed it off. It's not that big of a deal because it's not. They love Checo. He's in direct competition with Checo this year. I mean, it's understandable. It's it, He's not at home in Mexico, and Checo is. And so the crowd is going to swing really heavily towards one guy. Well, they and weren't we, doing that towards Verstappen, though. So Well, he's on the same team, guy. He's on the same team. They're wearing Red Bull gear. They're not, you know, it may know, say Checo on have, the back, but it represents when, Max, too. When you and have, so what, they they're not going to do that. 300,000 people there doing this. I get it, but hello. Have you ever been I to? Mean, have you ever been to whatever to see Aaron Judge in 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 whatever this huge stretch or what? It doesn't matter. I've been to plenty yeah, of I baseball did. games or whatever else where I, some I of the greatest Aaron have Judge been booed. So hit uh, hit, hit uh, his uh, record-breaking home run at uh, Globe Life Field. I went to TCU. I went to TCU. I've been surrounded by Hot One my entire life. Uh, and I mean, when he hit, when he hit his uh, record-breaking home run, I mean, 
all of the gilf was standing up clapping for him. You know? Well, yeah. And did Hamilton hit the home run today? I think that's if it may have been a different story if he would have just taken it and and yeah. dominated. I think that they had an opportunity where Checo was on the podium and was behind Hamilton and gave him something to boo about. And I don't think it's a big deal. I really don't. I think that's why he brushed it off. We understand that, that you know your feelings are hurt, and that's okay. We understand. My feelings. Mex- my Mexico feelings still loves hurt. To be honest with you, that's what I'm saying. That's what I. That's what I that's what I mean. And to switch gears just a little bit, but the and second part and let's, of let's F1 and is P1. And on the P1 side of things, oh, we had a fun little conversation last night with the one and only oh, Gordon Keith. The great, the great Gordo. And we both had a second to chat with him. Which was great. Fantastic. And that's what I love about the Discord. If you haven't ever joined it before to hear Gordon, you should. Because it's like being in an audience of 100 people and he may call on you and chat with you for a second. And it's so legit. There's some cringe. There's some cringe happening. (laughs) But also, no, it's awesome. We we talked a little bit about Twitter um, and his thoughts on Elon taking over, which was fun and interesting to hear his path. I also loved the uh, other part of him talking free will and simulation. Fascinating. We love to hear his take on that. And then Hato got to do a little chatting with him. Isn't that right? I did. I did. I did get to do a little chatting with him. So we got on with Gordon last night on his Discord. And if you haven't joined it before, you got to do it. You got to do it. It's like, uh, it's very small audience and it's fun so, on so Discord, we have a it's his main stage you, you gotta do it that's right and fortunately we have hutto over here who records it not for like public to consume but for us to consume maybe a clip uh, or two if we get on so uh to play us out i don't know what that means that just go ahead and play the little part that you're gonna yeah. or whatever you want to play of it i don't know no i mean we can we can play the whole thing we just got, play us we, out we got plenty of time and uh, I I think that um, I, before I play us out, I, which I don't know what that means, but I want to just say that, dude, seriously, Carl, and blowing no smoke up your ass at all, man. Like you, you knocked it out of the park last night, and I I really feel like um, I don't know. You just you have a a great uh a great way of base for radio you gotta <laughs> exactly you gotta yeah and and also that you have a way of just explaining things and talking through things and and also like i told i told you last night but again if you just listen to it the way that you transition from your first point to your second point to your third point your transitions like with gordo are they're they're seamless and i'm trying to get hung up on (laughs) i mean it's fantastic and uh and we appreciate that about you but i don't know let's let's just listen to a little bit of it and then we can pause it whenever we want to if you guys (laughs) ever do pull off that stunt make sure you let us know oh i i will let you know for sure we'll uh tweet you if elon hadn't made that bird fly away what's your thoughts on that man 
on Elon getting Twitter. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to think about it. I, I want to see what he's going to do with it. Um, you know, the free speech issue, I think, is an incredibly sticky issue that gets more complicated. You know, he like he says that he's a free speech absolutist is what Elon said. Uh, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I don't think he would allow everything to go on there. Um, like if somebody was, for example, tweeting the exact location of Elon's plane at all times or Elon's whereabouts at all times. Maybe the reason know. he bought it to stop that guy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know that he would be such a free speech absolutist, right? I mean, there's there's limits on free speech. Now, where to draw that limit? You know, I think that is a really tricky issue, and uh, I know that me personally, I get real queasy when we start policing the language in the public sphere. Now I know that Twitter is a is its own company and they can run their business how they see fit but um when they start selecting when you have entities that are so powerful and control the public water cooler to such a degree that they can really end up shaping reality that yeah. that gets so hard to figure out how to properly navigate it. I mean, there's those people have worked on the problem of how much should you tame the Wild West. They've been dealing with it ever since that they, uh, the invention of Twitter and Facebook and these other social platforms, because you want to allow free speech and you want to allow people to say whatever they want. But then you also know that that speech can cause, can actually affect society. It's like with the bots. I mean, should bots be allowed to start spreading misinformation? Look at what we had in our, in our last election. Now, you may feel like the, the election was stolen, right? Or you may feel like it, it was legitimate. But whichever side, uh, if you can get a bunch of bots that are claiming one way or another on something, and then people start thinking that the world is actually believing misinformation, and you can spread it, you can really game our society by spreading misinformation on our social platforms. And then you have to make the uncomfortable call of cracking down on the misinformation. Well, the people who want to believe the misinformation will be upset by that, and that's when we have this splintered society that we have now. So if you're going to allow nothing but free speech, then I think that uh, no matter what the political persuasion is, you know, that's the weird thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, Elon was a free speech absolutist, except he didn't feel like someone could use free speech with bots like he was very concerned with the number of bots that twitter had and he wanted to crack down on the bots and i'm trying to think of what his argument would be i think he would say something like well but those aren't real people and then 
I would counter with the argument of, yeah, but real people can program those bots to say something. So it's just, it's a real person who's telling the bots, I want you to say this and such thing, which is very similar to me, to me telling my computer to tell Twitter to say this and on my behalf <laughs> under my handle. That's exactly so what, the same. What's the, what's the whole, what's the bad thing if I want to say to my five computers at my house, I want you all to say something like this about, uh, of my opinion. This is my opinion. I want you to, you can reword it if you want to, but say this. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. Why, I, why, I, why should we crack down on that free speech? But I don't Elon think there is wanted a difference. to crack down on that kind of free speech, but none of the others. Well, the other part that I find interesting is the fact that he, you know, probably wants it to make money and advertising. I mean, that's in your sphere with the radio station. And obviously mm -hmm. that's the challenge to try to make it profitable or whatever else is advertisers are picky and they're demanding and whatever else. And so on a free speech absolutist type of platform, advertisers won't want anything to do with that. I understand like the car makers or GM getting out because they probably can't guarantee that their d direct competition with Tesla's you know, is actually going to get them their ad dollars that they want. But even beyond that, if what has happened even the last couple of days of people just being ridiculously obscene for no reason, I mean, advertisers won't stand for that, right? Yeah, you wouldn't think if it's become a cesspool. Right, um, yeah. Then why would advertisers want to sign up to it, sign up and advertise on that? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to, you know, I know Elon thinks that he's, got some good ideas for it and I'd love to see how those ideas play out but it's something that Twitter and Facebook and all of them have been working on for a long tr time trying to make these imperfect compromises these imperfect solutions to a really really difficult problem uh, but I I mean I don't know the solution to it obviously I'm an idiot just like everyone else I do know that there's been some a lot of good that's come from social media, but I think that in the final analysis, it feels like it's made us worse. For it's sure, made it's 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 so hard to tease out what a what part of it is social media and what part of it is just that we want what we want now and we want the world to tell us the exact thing that we already think. And we get really impatient with any sort of friction to um, to the beautiful orgasmic feel of the world is exactly the way I want it. And why can I push a button to turn on every light in my house? And why can't I get, when I open up this computer, it tells me the exact worldview that I want. And everyone who disagrees with it, I just shut them down with snark and dismissal and uh, bad faith arguments and because I cannot stand even entertaining an opposing idea I just have to find a way to dismiss it and make fun of it and uh, call my opponents who who are disagreeing with me about some neighborhood issue I'll just call them a Nazi I'll just immediately move to the uh, the worst position I can because I just have lost all patience to not have the world the way I want it to be. I know I'm mixing in a bunch of ideas here, but I do think that the the uh, the immense ability that we have to customize our environment 
has made us have less patience for not being able to customize other people in our lives. We're going to wrap up episode four here of the F1 for the P1. We got a little bit of ticket talk in. We got a little bit of F1 talk in. We have Brazil coming up in two weeks with one week in between. We're going to do our best to get back on here next weekend. Maybe do a little bit more ticket talking and maybe we can give you an update on our work in progress on the billboard and see how that's going. But thank you for joining us. And we hope you come back. Love you guys. Love you, Carl. Adios.